Hello, Blackhawks fans, and welcome into the Four Feathers postgame show. It's Johnny Nani here with Tony Marchese, and we are discussing a 4-3 thriller shootout win for the Blackhawks over the Lightning tonight. Tony, what a way to bounce back here in back-to-back nights. Johnny, uh, excellent win today, I think, for the team. I think for uh, Brent Seabrook, who announced retirement before this game, and we're going to get into that, but just all around a lot of emotion around this team today, Johnny. And it was, it was a great way to cap the day off with a victory uh, in uh, in shootout fashion, man. The perfect way to cap the day off. As you mentioned, uh, the big news this morning of Brent Seabrook announcing his retirement, very sad for Blackhawks fans, the team, uh, the organization, everyone involved uh, today. So uh, huge to get that win for Seabs. And that is why this episode is titled won it for Seabs that they did tonight. So we'll get into all the action here, but before we do, Make sure you go to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod at ONTAP Sportsnet. If you enjoy the podcast, please go subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen, and you can get these podcasts right in your queue as soon as they drop. So, Tony, uh, as we break into this one, you know, the Blackhawks, We, you and me were on this postgame show last night, and we were talking about the Blackhawks having a very, very strong effort against the elite team early on in the first and second period. That was a complete flip script tonight. The Lightning manhandled the Blackhawks possession-wise in the first and second periods. Johnny, uh, hockey is a weird sport like that sometimes. And you know what? The uh, the Lightning continued off right where they left off uh, last night uh, with a goal and momentum, and that carried through uh, tonight in the first two periods. I think that uh, that win kind of propelled the the uh, Tampa Bay offense to keep it clicking and uh, back-to-back games, uh, short memory, uh, keep going right there for, for Tampa Bay, and the Hawks are just kind of caught on their heels. You talk about uh, kicking it, you know, keeping it going uh, right where they left off. It did not take long for them to find the back of the net. And that was Anthony Sorelli uh, on a rush chance in Blackhawks caught a little bit on their heels. Uh, he gets stopped on the first one. And then another chance uh, gets directed towards the net. Subban made two pretty good stops on that, but then Sorelli able to bury this third one makes it one Oh bolts. And this was, like I said, very early in this game, only two fifty one into this one uh, Hawks knew they were going to be in for a tough one tonight. Um, Tampa Bay just continued to pile on uh, some, chances here but um the uh at the 10 27 mark it was alex kalorn on a power play while uh we had ian mitchell in the box for a hooking penalty and uh alex kalorn man he is great at those redirects out in front i'm kind of jealous uh tampa bay has someone that's as good at it as as he is uh, because he had the redirect on the game winner last night well you know johnny we saw some of that play uh from andrew shaw earlier this year obviously uh, now uh, been away from the team for a while. But, uh, you know, we just really have missed some net front presence. And I get jealous every time I'm watching any team uh, that's got a guy that can go to those areas. I think we talk about it a lot. Um, it's such an important role to play. Uh, and it's just one of those ways that you can uh, add offense. Uh, it's, it's such a weapon. Alex Kalorn does it very well. We'll be seeing another guy who does it, maybe the best in the league at it, in Joe Pavelski uh, when the Blackhawks visit Dallas later this week. But that's a topic for later. Let's continue through this game. The Blackhawks would get one back in this period, and um, that came on the power play of their own. Uh, Blake Coleman took a hooking penalty on Nikita Zadorov at the 12.03 mark. So the Blackhawks working the perimeter a little bit. Uh, Patrick Kane has one in his usual right-wing spot, sends a cross-seam pass uh, over to Alex Rink. It doesn't connect cleanly uh, like I would 
would hope for in my keys to the game from last night. But Alex Dabrink gets the first one to get there, and he's able to corral the puck along that half wall, circles a little bit, Tony, and uh, walks in. And a great screen from Carl Soderberg out in front of the net to take away uh, McElhenney's eyes. And Alex Dabrinkit does what he's been doing all season and absolutely wires one on the power play for his 100th goal of his career and 200th point of his career. How's that for a milestone marker? Hey, if you can uh, kill two birds with one stone, why don't you? I mean, that's all the reason to crack them more after the game if you're Alex Dabrinkit. I mean, uh, a guy has just absolutely showed up so far this year. Johnny, he's he's been the key like we talked about. Uh, he's a catalyst on this offense. I love what he's doing. I hope this continues, and there's no signs of slapping for Alex Dabrinkit. And uh, I think we can continue to say that name. Uh, this was, uh, as we've had the graphic before, uh, we've seen it, Johnny, the Dabrinkat rescue. Uh, I mean, uh, this guy is playing uh, very, very good hockey. Uh, he is he is absolutely scorching hot right now. I loved Adam Boquist's quote after the game, and we'll get to more of some of what he said uh, as we finalize this thing. But uh, when he was asked about Alex Dabrinkit being on this hot streak that he's on right now um, because it's three straight games uh, with a goal for Alex Dabrinkit here, uh, Adam Boquist said, well, I live with Alex, so it's nice to see him happy all the time. I just thought that was funny. I got a good kick out of that. Uh, nice milestone marker, as I mentioned, to get goal 100, Point two hundred for his career for the cat. Um, that one came at the twelve fifty seven mark of the first period. So uh, as we go into the locker room, um, Blackhawks can't be extremely pleased with their effort, though, because uh, like I'd mentioned, Tampa Bay uh, leading in, in all of the major possession categories here, scoring chances, uh, what have you. Go and list any of those, and Tampa Bay was in the lead. So uh, unfortunately for the Blackhawks. That would not change one bit. It would actually get even worse in the second period. And we talked about the Blackhawks really pressing in the second period last night, Tony. Uh, Tampa Bay uh, had their absolute way uh, with the Blackhawks for most of the second period. But like we talked about earlier, hockey is a weird sport. Which team, despite being dominated, is the only team that scores in that frame? It's the Blackhawks, and this one was thanks to Alex Dabrinkit once again. Um, it was a cane pass uh, from the point, goes down to Dabrinkit in the low slot. What a nasty angle, Tony. I don't know if you got to see the replay of that, but he was like almost at the goal line. Like That's how far low he was in the circle and is still able to wire that thing. This guy's just got such a dynamic shot. It, 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 like I said, when you're hot, you're hot. I mean, he is... <sighs> we're looking at a guy who could be mentioned up here in the uh, three stars of the week upcoming, Johnny. I'd be surprised if he's not, um, if he continues to rack these points up this week. Uh, I, I could definitely see him there. Um, you know, it, it's just so impressive uh, to watch him work and and the, the work that he's done to come back from that slump he had last year. Uh, he's really uh, hitting his stride right now. Yeah, so uh, I don't have a whole, whole lot uh, to say other than the second about the second, other than the Tampa Bay Lightning absolutely dominated it. Um, when you look at attempts uh, on net, even um, the it was 18 to five uh, in the Corsi attempt department there. So uh, just an unbelievable uh, show of dominance by Tampa Bay in that period. But one positive that I could take away, obviously, besides the goal, that's a big one. Uh, the penalty kill stabilized a little bit after that because uh, they had to kill off uh, two pretty big 
uh, junctures uh, of penalties here in this one. And, and they did it, and they looked a little bit better. Uh, credit Malcolm Subban. We'll talk a lot more about him later. Um, but also the team as a whole, um, because you, you got Kelvin DeHaan uh, laying out for one, and, and this would come in the third period, too, that we'll talk about him more. But um, penalty kill improving after being scored on the first period, I guess, is my other positive takeaway for the Blackhawks. Other than that, pretty shitty period for them. So let's move on to the final frame and overtime here where uh, things got pretty ridiculous, Tony. Um, you know, the Lightning, once again, uh, come out and they keep the heat on. Uh, and they would be the ones to light the lamp first in this period, just 320 in. Ryan McDonough, um, after having a great A chance uh, not too long before that, uh, he eventually pots one from uh, Alex Kalorn, uh, that name coming up again. And uh, this is a kind of moment for me, Tony, where I thought this is going to be the end result here. Um, the Blackhawks aren't playing well enough to get back in this game. I don't know how you felt there. With the way the game had played out and the way that yesterday had played out, uh, you know that Tampa is just such a great team. Um, and, and when they had control at that point in time in the game, Johnny, I think, uh, you know, <laughs> it wasn't all hope is lost. Uh, I mean, you're only down a goal. Uh, but It was just very doubtful. It was right? just very doubtful. And I think you fall into that okay, are we going to end up pulling the goalie here at some point in this period? At least that's what my thoughts were. Uh, are we going to end up pulling the goalie here with like four minutes left? And and this is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Now yell and scream that uh, Carlton pulled the goalie a little too early and we have that whole discussion. Yeah. We've, we've, we've watched that movie before. Um, so yeah, that's, that's where I was. Yeah. So th that's how I felt. I felt at that juncture too. Um, but just before this, um, I know th that goal came, it was an even strength goal for McDonough's shot there that went in. Uh, but just before that, the Blackhawks had um, a shorthanded um, opportunity and it was, uh, you know, off of a Kublik tripping penalty and Calvin DeHaan sacrificed the body. You talked about him being cool and tough last night. He did it again tonight, but this one was very costly. Uh, he took a, that shot hard and he would not return to the game. And this is fairly early on in the third period. So Blackhawks playing the rest of this third period with five defensemen. Keep that in mind as we roll through this thing. Uh, so the Blackhawks didn't have a shot on goal until Dominic Kubalik lit the lamp on a rebound chance at the six-minute mark. Um, this reinvigorated some life uh, into the team, and it wasn't his typical fashion goal, but I like seeing Dominic Kubalik uh, being active around the net, showing he can be more than just that sniper, uh, which we all know and love him for, Tony. Yeah, I mean, Dominic Kubalik, I think, is is kind of your third uh, kind of goal scorer guy behind Patrick Kane on this and uh, Alex to bring it on this team. It's nice to see when you have the offensive weapons working. And I think, uh, you know, Dominic Kubelik this year so far uh, has done a good, good job of, uh, of finding the back of the net. Uh, I'd like to see it happen a little more often. Uh, it's great seeing him get on the score sheet in a big moment right now, because I think that that's going to kind of propel him uh, to kind of take off. I want to see a multi-point game from him here uh, in the near future, because, uh, if you can, if you can get him working, he's the type of guy that can uh, take a little pressure off of Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinket to be doing and uh, most of the work on offense. I was going to just build on your point, and you kind of summed it up and took some words out of my mouth there. But I was going to say, um, we know Patrick Kane's hot. We know Alex DeBrinket's hot. We've talked extensively about those guys over the past couple of weeks. If you get Dominic Kubalik going, and maybe not on that same pace, but just a little bit more, um, that's a three-headed monster, and that yep. makes your offense that much more deadly. So um, uh, let's keep moving on. Actually, uh, one last point on that goal. Uh, Adam Boquist and Duncan Keith recorded the assist. That was Adam Boquist's uh, second assist of the game. He had uh, thrown an apple on 
Alex to break its first goal in this contest. So um, we'll talk more about him. I have a couple of comments as we get to our final observations, but I uh, just wanted to point that out as a little foreshadowing. Um, as we move through, uh, we get Ryan Carpenter mixing it up with Victor Hedman a little bit, and uh, the Blackhawks, it, it, he coaxed Hedman into an interference penalty. Unfortunately, not a whole lot going for the Blackhawks on that power play, uh, but I just need to point this out because I love Ryan Carpenter getting under the skin of guys, and, and he may not be the most like rat type, like Dave Boland or like uh, Brad Marchand when you think of guys of that ilk, but he can still do it and do it effectively and also cover his defensive responsibilities and not be a total liability um, for taking dumb penalties so uh, i just want to give a little shout out to my boy ryan carpenter there um the the lightning had an absolute mad scramble and hit a post uh, as we're getting down the wire in this one kubelik takes tripping penalty at 14 14 um and the the bolts were just pressing like crazy this is where i thought this is going to be a nail in the coffin type of goal that comes through here somehow through it all malcolm suban holds strong we're going to overtime uh in this one and tony you watch the overtime, I know, uh, very intently, as we all do. I was literally standing five inches from my TV, like kind of like hunched over in front of it. Uh, I think I almost had a heart attack. It was so back and forth, both teams exchanging chances uh, at the beginning of this thing. So I'll tell you this, Johnny, uh, you know, between these two uh, games uh, that we've played with Tampa Bay, these overtime periods have felt – as close as you can get to game seven NHL playoff hockey. Um, I I love the adrenaline. I love the three on three. I love uh, just the amount of adrenaline rush that you get watching these things, because I don't even know if my heart beats during them. Uh, It's just, there's, there's nothing but pure, uh, you know, eyes focused on the television, hanging with every single swing back and forth, up and down the ice. And uh, it's just so entertaining to watch. I love the three-on-three overtime. Plenty of chances in this one tonight, Johnny. Uh, Where where was your biggest heart attack moment? Um, I mean, it had to be on the penalty kill at the end, and that's what I was going to lead into here uh, because Duncan Keith takes a necessary uh, but still, you know, sucks at the same time because it's so much open ice but Duncan Keith takes a slashing penalty to prevent a scoring chance at the 304 mark Um, and the Blackhawks Tony what an absolute ballsy effort by Malcolm Subban Nikita Zadorov Connor Murphy and I'll throw Carl Soderberg and David Kampf into that mix as well Um, you're without one of your top PK defensemen in Calvin DeHaan here these guys hold strong through Uh, I can't even count them I I don't even remember it's not clear because they came so quickly uh, how many chances Tampa Bay had, but there were multiple times. Subban got ran into at one point, had to readjust his blocker um, as Tampa Bay's resetting at the point. Um, You just had guys trying to stuff chances uh, on the back door. It was absolute insanity. Malcolm Subban holds through it all. Connor Murphy makes a big block. Nikita Zadorov breaks his stick at one point. I think that's where my heart stopped the most, Tony. Um, But he he was able to, you know, it's hard to to defend when you don't have that, but he used his big frame to at least take away some space, uh, whether it be a shot or a pass, um, and and the Hawks were able to hold on to that thing. I have no fucking idea how, uh, but they did, and we were on to the shootout. You, you stole a few things from me. Uh, mine was when uh, Zadora broke his stick, and I want to give him actually uh, the cool and tough player of the game award, uh, at least from me, uh, because I thought uh, despite the fact that he broke the stick, you're right, Johnny, something that really played in this game that could have been a huge difference maker, uh, if you're looking at this thing as a whole, is the fact that you know some guys will break their stick. They don't know what to do. They get a little bit panicked. They fall out of position a little bit. 
No, he got back up. He stayed in position. Uh, he did have to cover the puck, I think, once or twice uh, during that shift without a stick. Uh, I don't think he was able to block a shot, but he was in the lane enough uh, to force it in a particular direction uh, that, that you know led to a save by Malcolm Subban uh, at the time. But, uh, Johnny, I mean, that was a valiant effort. And dare I say that the Blackhawks as a whole, and Malcolm Subban especially, they, those guys all had their meat on the table uh, in overtime. Oh, 100%. I mean, I put out the gift from Forefathers of Randy Marsh carrying his nutsack in the wheelbarrow. That's exactly what it is. That's that's how uh, Nikita Zadorov and um, Connor Murphy should both be leaving the UC tonight. I, I really hope there's a, you know, we can Photoshop a gif of that somehow. Maybe we'll get Schwartzy on that um, because the, those guys absolutely carried some weight. And that, you know, not taking away anything from them, uh, from the, the netminder, because Subban was outstanding and he's the ultimate, you know, backstop to those uh, chances that are coming at him. Um, but, you know, those guys, uh, they're playing a real long shift too because uh, I think Eddie O, you know, he's always good about the time on ice and it was getting close to two minutes straight uh, for those two guys. So uh, mad props there. We go to the shootout. Um, I'll just run through them how it went. Debrinket, no. Victor Hedman, no. Patrick Kane, no. Braden Point, no. Philip Kershev, yes. Absolute snipe. Top shelf. It was a beauty. And then... Steven Stamkos, no. Malcolm Subban, big blocker save, big selly after. Tony, goalie sellies just hit different. They do. Um, and, you know, it was just electric, absolutely electric watching uh, that victory. I can only imagine how loud the United Center would have been tonight uh, with that goal or with that game-clinching save from Malcolm Subban because, uh, you know, Number one, a lot of storylines in this game, and, and we haven't even gotten to the Seabrook stuff yet. I know we we wanted to keep this one short. We've got another game coming up here Sunday, Johnny. But t- like I said before this, a lot of emotion around this team right now, and, and you take a big clutch performance victory out of Malcolm Subban. And I think you and I, not so long ago, were just talking about what we were going to dub the Malcolm Subban game. You see Colin Delia down in uh, Rockford just absolutely getting rocked. Meanwhile, you've got Kevin Lankinen, uh, who's played excellent hockey, Malcolm Subban, who's who's really finding his own in the net right now, which is not something, again, that we expected to talk about with this team. Um, you know, I, I hate to go and, and, and put this on you, Johnny, but have you been more excited about a Hawks team in the last five years than you are after tonight? It's really hard to argue as a fan right now that there is not more promise for this team since Marion Hosa hung him up. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, maybe the, um, you know, year after they got swept by Nashville, uh, still a little bit hopeful there because you felt like the core uh, still in place. But yeah, no, I mean, no one's generating excitement and doing it uh, on a night in, night out basis. I uh, like this team, especially where the expectations were coming in. I think that has a lot to do with it. Uh, we were still kind of in the uh, aftermath of the cup, uh, final cup days um, in that earlier season that I mentioned there. So uh, no, I have not been more excited and it's just a great feeling to be able to come on here uh, and discuss uh, wins like this with with you, Tony. So uh, you'd mentioned a bunch of the emotional storylines uh, that we're going to get to, um, and we'll touch on those right uh, in a second here. Uh, you had already listed your cool and tough player of the game. I like Zadorov. Uh, he's actually part of mine. I'm going with a three-headed monster. Subban, one. Connor Murphy, one A. Uh, Nikita Zadorov, one B. 
um, you know, for the reasons that I mentioned uh, on the PK down the wire in overtime. Um, other than that, uh, this is where we can kind of start to tie in the Brent Seabrook things. Uh, Adam Boquist was the first interview up in the post game show and, um, they asked him, uh, you know, just about the the game itself, uh, his play in general, because he has been, I think he's got points in four of his last five. Um, and that's, you know, all after returning from the COVID list. Uh, he himself said that he's playing better uh, after coming back from COVID. And um, it's pretty wild uh, to think about that because we saw it in baseball, uh, you know, another uh, kind of situation with a COVID uh, case where someone uh, on the White Sox, Yohan Mankata, had it and it affected him all year. Whereas Boquis is jumping in, playing a much more cardiovascular, uh, strenuous sport, and uh, he's doing it here and producing offensively, which is huge. Something that Ron Luce talks about on this podcast uh, for confidence. Um, but he had two two apples tonight plus one. Uh, I think he had a couple blocks as well in there. Uh, Takeaway too. So uh, just excellent to see Adam Boquist. And he also had a few sprawling blocks. Uh, he had one in uh, last night's game that we discussed on the Thursday night post game show. Had another big one tonight. Unfortunately, um, Lightning scored a little bit after that, but uh, it also uh, it took away a chance uh, at the time. So I just wanted to give some props to Adam Boquist there uh, because we will uh, ring him out when it's deserved. And, uh, you know, he's messing up uh, defensive responsibilities and whatnot. Uh, but that can be forgiven. A lot when he's generating offense so uh getting past that though uh, still from his interview they asked him at the end um and his final quote was uh they'd asked him you know what the emotional mood was like uh in the locker room with uh you know the brent seabrook news today and uh boquist summed it up at the end he had some nice words to say about Siebs and what he meant to the organization the formalities uh and at the end they were trying to kind of coax it out of him but you could tell boquist finally arrived at it and he said well yeah this game was for him. This win was for him, meaning Brent Seabrook. Um, and I just thought that was awesome, Tony. No, Johnny, I mean, just it's such a special night uh, for for this whole team. And, you know, you talk about the play of Boquist. Uh, I want to go back to that. Uh, we had some nice things to say about him yesterday. Uh, we had some nice things to say about him tonight. Um, I'm, I'm really liking the development of, uh, of Adam Boquist over the last few days. I mean, we're talking about this Blackhawks team playing – uh, a Stanley Cup contending team uh, in the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you see young guys uh, come out and be difference makers, Johnny. Um, you know, I, I think I want to see a little bit more out of Ian Mitchell, uh, but it's really encouraging to see a guy like Boquist right now just, just making good plays, uh, doing sound things, starting to come into his own a little bit uh, on that blue line. That's that's very encouraging. I mean, we we – talked a little bit before this year started about the development of this defensive core, uh, the future defensive core of the Blackhawks. And, you know, comparatively to what that was like back in, you know, 2007, 2008, or even a little bit before then with guys like Duncan Keith and, and Brent Seabrook. And you see this right now with some guys who have some potential. It's going to take a little bit of time for them to become household names across, uh, you know, hockey households. But you're seeing some, some, some things where, you know, you start to get that feeling. Can Adam Boquist be a long-term staple on this blue line? Is Ian Mitchell eventually going to catch, uh, you know, uh, uh, Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook in that all-time Blackhawks playoff goal leaders of defensemen like are, are those possibilities you want to be hopeful for those things uh and you, you start to see some of these things uh pan out 
uh, early on in their careers. And it, it just leaves you with that hope. It leaves you with that hope, Johnny, uh, that you can watch the Blackhawks rise again like they did uh, back in 2009 through 2016. Yeah, I mean, that's very well put there, Tony. Uh, Extremely encouraging to see, especially um, because a lot of the Blackhawks fan base uh, has been very hard on Boquist, and it's been warranted at times, I will say that. And I've chimed in on it myself. When it's, you know, when you just see the things happen and you're commenting on the play directly in front of you on the ice. Um, Certainly uh, it is not going to be the last time uh, that we talk about something bad happening with him. Um, But I I think you're just seeing a much more consistent game out of him, and I think uh, that is the key here, uh, takeaway wise, uh, for this young blue liner in Adam Boquist because he was an eighth overall pick. You expect people were calling for him to people were calling for him to go back down, yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, our guy Ron Luce, uh, he was all about it. Um, I mean, you know, it's he looks out of place at times. He did earlier in the season, but hey, since he came back from COVID, uh, he, he's been playing really well. So let's just hope he can keep it up here. Um, uh, o- overall. After this one, though, Tony, um, you know, they, they asked other guys uh, that came in and talked. Uh, Alex Debrinkett uh, asked him about Siebes as well, uh, asked Subban uh, about it as well. And, um, you know, it was just kind of uh, emotional to hear you know, those guys talk about it and how much uh, that Brent Seabrook meant to the organization, to the team, uh, it, to that locker room. And speaking of that, uh, Brent Seabrook did uh, come down for their post game in the locker room there. I would have loved to be a fly on the wall uh, for that one. You know, it, it's got to be an emotional night for all these guys. And the first thing that I have to say is I, I hope I hope that these guys are able to uh, get together tonight and, and celebrate in some way, shape, or fashion. I know we've got uh, the COVID protocols uh, in place right now that, that probably prevents them from going out on a night on the town with Brent Seabrook. And I, I really feel... Uh, for the team not being able to do something like that, because uh, if this were not the circumstance, Johnny, uh, you would imagine that after a victory like that, uh, this team would be uh, parading through uh, the uh, local establishments in downtown Chicago with Brent Seabrook on a proper send off for him. Um, it's it's such it's such an amazing career when you look back on it, Johnny. Uh, and one of at least for me. Uh, kind of underappreciated, I think, when I look at, at Brent Seabrook, uh, because, uh, and, and this speaks volumes to the other guys who've been here during this time, uh, in, in Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Marion Hosa, Duncan Keith, Corey Crawford. I mean, you can start throwing guys out there like Patrick Sharp, uh, Jalmerson, you know, a lot of the supporting cast, and, and you forget how much of a leader that, that Brent Seabrook was to this team. Uh, we shared from the Four Feathers account earlier, Johnny, today, uh, you know, the Brent Seabrook calling down Jonathan Taves as he takes a penalty uh, video and just just absolute moments of leadership. I've talked a lot about leadership on this show uh, over the past few weeks as this team has has done some special things. And Brent Seabrook deserves to be in that conversation of Blackhawks leaders. Uh, you go back and you look at his career and this guy could be a captain, I think, on any NHL squad uh, during the course of his career, uh, even with the Blackhawks, it's amazing how many leaders that they had, uh, you know, through this uh, entire run and, and, and through his career, especially uh, on this team. It's amazing uh, to think that uh, we, we had all these guys uh, in one room and, and just what that, you know, what that means and, and the uh, success that they were able to achieve. Uh, he was a big part of that. Uh, it, it's awesome. 
that uh, the Hawks won it tonight because I think that it, it like we said earlier, is just the, the perfect cap off uh, to win it for Brent Seabrook. Uh, I brought a Labatt Blue down uh, for those that listen to this show. Uh, I am a big Budweiser guy, uh, but I, I, I feel like uh, it's just it's right, Johnny, to crack a Labatt Blue uh, and drink it for for our uh, for our guy Brent Seabrook right now. Oh. Very appropriate, Tony, and you you put all that very well. Um, Numbers can't quantify uh, Brent Seabrook's leadership value, Um, and you just listen to any of these guys talk, and you will understand uh, just how valuable he was. Um, Even in his last two seasons of kind of full play where the numbers started to tail off a little bit, um, still just invaluable in in that locker room being an alternate captain. And and just final thoughts here on Brent Seabrook. First of all, I think he'd be very proud of you um, for cracking that uh, little bat blue um, because I have had the privilege of meeting Brent Seabrook in person, Tony, and it was actually not too long ago. Uh, it was last February at Kelvin DeHaan's uh, craft beer event with Goose Island uh, Blackhawks watch party. Uh, I got to talk to Seabs for a little bit, take a picture with him, uh, shake his hand, uh, told him just how much you know uh, we, we appreciate him uh, as Blackhawks fans and how much I love watching him through uh, all the cup runs ever since he's been here and obviously played uh, every single game of his NHL career uh, in a Blackhawk sweater. So um, I, we didn't know it at the time. Uh, you still, that was not too long after the surgeries, but he was, you know, moving around uh, having some beers with Zach Smith and uh, Andrew Shaw and Calvin DeHaan. Uh, but they, he was nice enough to, uh, you know, meet with fans, uh, take some pictures uh, and shoot the shit for a little bit about Blackhawks hockey. So uh, he would definitely approve uh, of your, uh, you know, way to toast him there uh, because he was enjoying a few himself that night. Uh, Brent Seabrook, big crackum guy. Oh, Brent Seabrook is definitely a big crackum guy, Johnny. And I think, uh, you know, I look back at that night uh, that you got to spend with some of those Blackhawks players and I'm, I'm completely envious. I have to admit the, uh, the invite was open to me uh, to come with you that night. Uh, I had some prior engagements and uh, I remember getting some, some interesting texts on my phone uh, with, uh, pictures of you with Andrew Shaw and Brent Seabrook and Calvin DeHaan and some of the boys. And um, uh, let's just say that uh, I remember that very vividly. And that was uh, like right there pre pandemic. So um, just the opportunity that you had to, uh, you know, share beers with some Stanley cup champions. And uh, I think that speaks some volumes too, uh, to the character uh, of some of those guys uh, in the Blackhawks organization uh, an event like that is just second to none, Johnny. And I'm, I, I love the fact that you got to experience that and some other Blackhawks fans did because, I mean, that's just wild. I mean, that's a story that you can tell uh, for the rest of your life. Um, and I think that that's really cool that the uh, the Blackhawks made that happen. And uh, Big Four Feathers guy, uh, Calvin DeHaan, is part of the reason that that, that took place. So uh, I think that that's such a cool story. And I love it. And uh, you can tell that to me over and over again. I'll still regret not going. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I did have something that was important that night. Uh, but, I mean, I, I'm just so happy that you got to experience that. And yeah, I, I hope Brent Seabrook is also cracking a little bat blue uh, right now uh, in celebration of that victory uh, yeah. that the Hawks had tonight. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, you know, I'm sure he's uh, imbibing in uh, whatever his choice is uh, tonight. But I think, uh, you know, the Canadian connection there, uh, he, he would approve of what you're drinking there. Um, but for our listeners, you know, I kind of gave the short version of that. Uh, there's a little bit more outlined uh, version. Actually, we can share it below this podcast uh, when it goes out because um, we do beer reviews uh, on our site over at ontapsportsnet.com. And the event itself was actually Calvin DeHaan. He owns a brewery up in Canada. Uh, they did a crossover beer. 
um, that was kind of Blackhawks themed to raise money for the Blackhawks Foundation. Uh, they did it with Goose Island, though. Um, so I, they had a special beer uh, just for that, and it was only on tap at the Goose Island Tap Room. Uh, so I wrote up a review about that and then also shared um, all, all of these stories uh, that I was talking about with Zach Smith, uh, Andrew Shaw, Calvin DeHaan, and obviously Brent Seabrook. So uh, I'll share that below. Uh, it's our you know Ridge Rock uh, Brewing Co. Uh, Loud Barn Lager collab with Goose Island. Uh, that was my beer review from there. Bunch of pictures, videos. Uh, I got to meet Gene Honda there too. So uh, that's all in there. Um, and there's a podcast episode one of the we i remember tony you and i came on and recorded i told you all the stories from that that will be embedded uh, at the bottom of that article so listeners will share it out if you're interested in hearing more about that firsthand experience with brent seabrook but i uh, just wanted to share that um you know <clears throat> in light of the news that came out today the sad news but uh you know as we look back on it i'm sure we'll have more extended conversations uh, on further episodes of four feathers tony about it um but for right now i think we got to get into our final game preview so if you got a last word on brent seabrook uh, go ahead and say it yeah, last words on Brent Seabrook. Um, unfortunately, uh, as we've we've come to uh, the end of what was uh, the, one of the most amazing runs, and probably uh, you know, at least for me right now, Johnny, and and I'm probably sure it's for you too. Uh, one of the most amazing runs I've seen in my lifetime out of any any sports team that I am a fan of. Uh, so you know, I gotta I gotta just toast to him one more time. Say thank you for the memories. Um, I can remember uh, so many good things, uh, just good memories uh, about this team winning and, and being so dominant uh, for so long. Um, and unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I remember the day that I got the news uh, that Hosa hung him up. I remember I got the news when when Crawford was leaving, Patrick Sharp, um, you know, uh, and today is another day that I will remember uh, for the rest of my life as a Blackhawks fan because, uh, it always sucks seeing somebody somebody go. Uh, but, again, just amazing times uh, watching Brent Seabrook play hockey. So uh, thanks for the dedication. Thanks for being such a fucking awesome Blackhawk. And, uh, you know, thank you so goddamn much, Brent, for fucking scoring that goal against Detroit because Detroit <laughs> sucks. And that's how I got to lead them out. I love it. Um, I think I can just encapsulate it uh, in a few words here. Uh, my final thoughts. Um, thank you. Brent Seabrook for defining what it means to be committed to the Indian. Stan Makita originated it. Um, you embodied it. So I'll leave it at that. Let's move on. Uh, we got a series to win here, Tony. Blackhawks and Lightning will do it again one more time this weekend at the United Center. This game will be Sunday, March 7th, 1.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh, puck drop. Game is on NBC Sports Chicago, and I'm also reading that it's on NBC Sportsnet. So if you turn tune NBC Sports Chicago, you're not getting it. Tune over to the national station, NBC Sportsnet. Um, I don't know what the deal is. Usually it's one or the other for this, but I'm um, just trying to give the proper info here. Either way, um, you'll find it on one of those channels. So if not, then the schedule's a liar. So uh, you can contact Blackhawks.com about that if it's wrong. All right, let's move into the preview, though. Um, obviously, Blackhawks pick up two huge points tonight. Um, they have, you know, the one point from that uh, game on Thursday night here, too. So um, we're already in a good spot. It's nice to be sitting here after two games and say that we have three points. Obviously, four would be ideal, but, hey, I'm not complaining against an elite team against the Lightning. Um, we talked about keys to the game last time. Um, you know, they, they capitalized on one power play, but, you know, still uh, it was one for five on the night. Luckily, Tampa Bay only went one for six. Um, so uh, I want to hear what you have uh, keys wise for this one. 
Keys wise, Johnny, I think if we were talking about this series in the way that I expected the year to go, if we had already had three points uh, in the first two games on the original schedule, I would sit here and say this next game probably doesn't matter uh, for the Blackhawks. And let's talk about, you know, how we can develop uh, somebody. I'm actually curious to see who Jeremy Colleton goes to in net. I think this is going to be the key to the game uh, because you saw Kevin Likenen. Uh, hold the hold the Tampa Bay Lightning down for most of the game, and he's been the hot hand uh, that Jeremy Colleton has has been uh, going with uh, in most of the starts. However, uh, if you look back at uh, Malcolm Subban's uh, recent body of work, uh, he seems to be giving the Blackhawks a pretty damn good chance of winning uh, this uh, winning hockey game. So I'm interested to see who we get in net, but overall. Uh, the key to this game, Johnny, I think is you need to continue to score from your your your, your top guys here. We've seen Alex Dabrinkit going off. We've seen Patrick Kane score in this series. Uh, we've seen Dominic Kubelik go. Uh, let's get those three guys all on the score sheet on Sunday, and I think the Blackhawks win this game. Uh, you know, you, you're going to need to see some secondary scoring at some point, but your stars have come out to play against the best. And that's the best signal that I think that you have uh, from this Blackhawks core right now is that your top guys are rolling. Uh, and this is this is top competition. So that's great to see. Uh, you want to continue to see those guys uh, roll against uh, the most formidable opponent that you have uh, in your division. Yeah, and that's going to be key. I mean, I think the Blackhawks go if Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkit go. Um, kind of no doubt about that. And you can throw Dominic Kublik in there. Um, obviously scored tonight and is the uh, third leader uh, in points uh, on the Blackhawks. So uh, I'll, I'll go pretty specific with mine, Tony, and that is protect the house. I've said it many a time on the show before. Uh, the Blackhawks did an excellent job in period, actually throughout the whole game, because uh, even when Tampa scored on uh, Thursday night, um, they, it wasn't too, too bad. I think they only allowed like three three or four high danger chances. You need to return to that. So what that means is you need to keep the Tampa Bay Lightning to the outside. That means uh, not letting rushes come uh, straight downhill uh, against your goaltender. That means not allowing uh, slot passes uh, to come through and guys to get shots from uh, those high danger areas right in the middle of the house. Um, You know, you go and look at the stats from Thursday night compared to this. I know tonight was the winning effort. Technically, you need to return to what made you successful in periods one and two on um, Thursday night um, because that's a brand of hockey that you need to play against the Tampa Bay Lightning. I guarantee if you have another effort um, like you did um, for throughout most of the game uh, tonight, uh, Friday night that being, um, you're going to lose uh, on Sunday. So th- that's mine. Protect the house. Uh, keep shit to the outside and uh, be opportunistic with your scoring chances that you get. So um, that's about it. Tony, who you got for stick to click? For uh, for stick to click, Johnny, I'm going to go Patrick Kane. You saw DeBrinket carry the load uh, tonight. Uh, I, I think it goes back to Kane uh, on Sunday. Um, I liked what you said. Um, you know, I was actually kind of thinking uh, that about keys to success uh, when you talk about having that type of effort. And I think that that starts with Patrick Kane. It ends with Patrick Kane. Um, you know, like you just said, man, with Kane and DeBrinket go, uh, the Blackhawks go. So, Uh, Let's set the tone early.
Yeah, I mean, Showtime's always a good pick. Uh, Cat's always been a good pick lately. I went with him two games in a row just before this one. Uh, went with the end mark tonight. Uh, that was a no-go for me, but hey, I uh, took a little bit of a chance. Uh, I'm going to go with the guy who scored the shootout winner. Um, his line had a very, very effective uh, game on Thursday night, and uh, the, if you can get some of that, I know we talked about the big guns, but you're going to need some supplementary, too, every once in a while, and that's when you can maybe catch Tampa Bay a little bit off guard, maybe not with their top defensive guys out there against you. Uh, uh, so I'll go with Philip Kershev. I mean, he's got the hands to do it. Uh, let's see him wire one uh, home, and, and let's uh, pick up a W. Um, that's about all I've got for this one. So, um, listeners, once again, uh, go check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Four Feathers Pod at OnTap Sportsnet. All of our articles are at OnTapSportsnet.com. So, uh, Tony, great win tonight. Won it for Seebs. A lot of emotion in the building. Uh, let's not have any sort of hangover uh, on Sunday. So let's go and get it done. Uh, win a series here. Let's go Hawks. Let's go Hawks.